Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and myself continue our discussion on the first article of the Apostles' Creed. Welcome to the Being Lutheran podcast. Oh, I already forgot my name. My uh, Your name? No, my name. No, the... <laughs> My accent that we were going to, we were just talking about starting off in a certain accent, but yeah. You did an Illinois accent very well. Oh, well, I'm losing that every every moment I'm living in Minnesota. Yeah, you're in God's country. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Y'all, anyway, y'all, y'all welcome to the pastor's yeah, no. city. <laughs> anyway, you're Pastor Brett Bow, yes, and I'm Pastor Jason, Jason Goodham, and with us who is... Who am I? Yeah, who I don't even know who I am. Pastor Brian Ricky. Yeah. Yep. What is my nice identity? recovery? Yeah, oh my goodness. Good. But who we, were we a minute ago? <laughs> on, on behalf of, of being Lutheran, I apologize for this introduction. The, is this like the, the loopy this is the fourth session we've recorded today? This is for, the fourth session. This is the 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 medicine is starting to wear off yeah, on all of our right. colds. <laughs> <laughs> or just kicking in. <laughs> happy pills. Uh, oh, Jason okay. off the air said, boy, I'm glad, Brian, you don't record these outtakes. <laughs> There'd be some probably pretty good blackmail material oh, in yeah, there. But, good uh, stuff. But yeah. I believe we are continuing yes. to talk about yes. the first article of yep. the Apostles' Creed. Yes, We're doing we our New Testament study and yep. again demonstrating that the gospel is content mm-hmm. of both the Old Testament and the New Testament. So wrap it up the new testament study and next time around we'll be on the second article yeah sounds good so we are as you said jason we're in the new testament we did the old testament last time and uh, so i'm going to read a portion from james 1 and uh, we'll talk about it so james 1 16 through 18 says this do not be deceived my beloved brothers every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Here ends the reading of God's word. Amen. 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 You may be seated. It's all good. We're already seated. God be praised <laughs> for his glad tidings. Ooh, do you have that recorded? <laughs> I mean, do. I do. Oh, yeah. Good. Just don't ask me to sing, please. That was flat, I can tell you right sure. now. Yeah. It, it, this is not Katie Dahl recording. This is here. not Katie Dahl. This is not no. Ryan Jones. This no. is not anyone. The The musical talent in this room comes from Brian, who is a world-class producer, mm-hmm. and the rest Ooh. of us are world-class listeners. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know about that, but uh, I've been very blessed to work with some really mm-hmm. great people, and uh, it, I think it's been really great working with some new artists. You mentioned Katie and Ryan. Mm-hmm. A lot of people might not know who they are, but... Um, they're I'll known to us the in, in the AFLC here, yeah, and yeah. yeah, they are um, both on iTunes. Katie Dahl and yeah, Ryan right. Lee Jones, good, um, great new Christian artists, and that's exciting to me. Just seeing people who are uh, really thoughtful about theology, mm-hmm. uh, but also writing great music. Yep. So it's kind of fun. Good and stuff. It's an appropriate place to do that sort of a plug because our gifts, talents, and abilities yes. are first article gifts. I love that phrase. Does that yeah. have to do with? Vocation. They do have to do with vocation. <laughs> uh, loving your neighbor with your gifts, talents, and abilities. Amen. I like it. Yeah. Hmm. So taking that illustration, how, how does that fit together? How does Those, those two con- concepts well, of... Let's go back to our passage. Mm-hmm. W- was the phrase in James 1 there, all good gifts yep. come from above, come from the Father of lights? But wait a minute. What about 
pain and suffering. Uh, this is the whole point of the episode. We'll get there in just a second. But we're talking about people with talents and abilities like Katie and Ryan. It's a good mm-hmm. gift. And they are uh, yeah, entertainment yep. is a service to your neighbor. Yeah. Uh, entertainment is a gift from God. God, And, and when uh, entertainment can become edifying, that's even better. Edifying entertainment, yeah. theologically sound yep. entertainment. Uh, and, and what I find consistently, and you know, I, I, there's probably a sociology or psychology behind mm-hmm. this, is that when you are gifted artistically in that way, mm-hmm. uh, writing, uh, musically, you can't help but create. You can't help but do the thing you were given to do. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we, we a see bird these... Si- sings a song. Yeah, a bird yeah. sings a song mm-hmm. kind of a thing. And not that we're calling Katie and Ryan birds. No, but no. It's, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's that sort of thing, which is why the church should be uh, celebrating all of the good gifts instead of doing the disservice and mm-hmm. only emphasizing certain gifts. Yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, this is where, again, the doctrine of vocation comes into play mm-hmm. because where God has put us in the neighbor he has given us very often highlight our gifts and abilities because God knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And I think in some conservative circles, the arts are, are sometimes yeah. removed yep. uh, from this idea of what mm-hmm. we're talking about, a painting. I, yep. I know that there's a lot of artistic expression out there that is contrary to the word of God. I get that. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's a lot that isn't. Yeah. There's a lot mm-hmm. that points to the glory of God. Yep. And we celebrate the, the that. And I, mm-hmm. I think that in painting or in um, theatrical expression, there's just a lot of things that we could really be blessed by in yep. those things. One of the worst byproducts of the radical reformation is a loss of the arts. Yeah. And, and we, that thread has persistently mm-hmm. remained a taint on the church because we're now, in, in for the longest time, have tried to Christianize mm-hmm. the arts yeah. rather than just create things just that are good, good and art. beautiful mm-hmm. and noble. So we can slap yeah. the adjective of gospel on yeah, it. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Gospel. Well, yeah. the entire Christian music industry is built on vaguely sounding like secular music, but talking about Christian things. Mm-hmm. No, that's sort not of. to say. Yeah. Don't get me started. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, yeah. I mean, for the longest time in the late 90s and the early 2000s, every band sounded yeah. just a little bit like U2 or just a little bit like Coldplay. Three, three years later. Yeah. But, you know, it's why I think we ought to be celebrating, you know, and again, to promote, but Yep. Katie and, and Ryan are creating mm-hmm. their own sound with beautiful lyrics, with, yep. with you know, yep. theologically sound, but, you know, acknowledging struggle sometimes, acknowledging the real Christian sure. life. You know, one of the, we've picked on it before, but one of the, the things I like least about Christian music from the 90s is that it painted the, the need to be happy and to mm-hmm. pretend like everything's going right. Uh, the Christian movies... Uh, constantly do that. Babylon B did it again. Babylon B did it again. Just recently posted an article. Before you, before you, if anyone could have seen Pastor <laughs> Brett Bow's face when he mentioned pure 90s Christian oh, movies, pure disgust. it was a visceral response of of frustration. Yeah, right. Anyway, keep yeah, going. Babylon B <laughs> just posted uh, something along the lines of... Uh, 
church members sub- subjected to church discipline by being forced to watch 72 straight hours of Christian movies. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful. That's like oh. hell. Like for a musician, <laughs> you know, because for a musician would be to be stuck in an elevator listening to your music being done in a Muzak kind yeah. of way. Oh, no. You know, that was, yeah. Oh, that's but that's, good. I mean, every Christian movie I saw after college, uh, Everyone had this moral that you had to get that that you know you had to um, be happy and, and things like this, and mm-hmm. it was just a loss of the redemption message, mm-hmm. a loss of the reality yep. of God's goodness in suffering, which again is the point mm. we're leading up to with this. Wait James a minute, wait passage. a minute. God's goodness in suffering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Tell me about so that. So we, we talked about God's gifts. We talked mm-hmm. about him providing for us. You know, last yep. episode we did uh, a pretty good job of, you know, everything we have is God's mm-hmm. gift. It's God actively uh, and individually, you know, sustaining us and protecting mm-hmm. us and providing for us. The real question of the Christian life is where do we do, what do we do with suffering? Mm-hmm. Where, where do we put it? How do we handle it? And the church, boy, the last 30 or 40 years, I've done a lot of reading on this, mm-hmm. has done a major disservice to those who suffer yep. by trying to moralize it. Uh, well, by, if, if you're suffering, mm-hmm. you must have sin in your life yes. and you, yeah. you don't have exactly. enough faith. You know, that's, you just got to get stronger faith. And, yeah. and you can, there's probably no faster way you can poison a faith. You can, you can dis- destroy a faith by teaching someone they have to look for God's purpose in suffering. Mm-hmm. Uh, that will kill, that will destroy, that will rob of assurance. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you a question. So in our suffering, does that mean that God doesn't want us to learn anything at all? No, absolutely not. It doesn't mean that, uh, especially uh, I think when suffering is caused by us, uh, God wants us to learn in repentance. Mm-hmm. You know, And so... If we are the cause of a problem, God wants us to learn and to repent, right? Yeah, we just don't start there. I we mean, don't. we don't want to start mm-hmm. at asking that question. We want to, you know, it doesn't mean it's like not a part of the process, but we don't start there. We start with the goodness of God. We start mm-hmm. with the graciousness of God, especially with Christ Jesus, who suffered with us and for us mm-hmm. as yeah. one of us. And yeah. the reason we do that is because if we start there, we're going to moralize suffering yep. and then we've already lost the battle. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Uh, we'll, a ministry opportunity will be destroyed and someone will be placed back in bondage. Yeah. Now, uh, where we learn, this is probably, we could just call it third use of the lost stuff. Mm-hmm. Where we learn is after the gospel has been applied, after assurance of salvation has been given and comfort uh, in the gospel. And we say, okay, uh, now you know, how then should we live? It's the Francis Schaeffer question. Yep. Uh, yeah. You know, it's that the law continues to instruct us. Now, uh, might we live more wisely in light of suffering at certain times? Absolutely. But if someone is mourning and suffering in my church, I'm not going to start with how'd you screw up? Yeah. Like Job's friends did. Yeah. yeah. That's, we yeah. don't want to do that. Uh, there will be a time and a place for that yeah. uh, if it's necessary and appropriate. Let's talk about that. Yeah. I think it's really important because um, if anyone thought I was beaten serious, I wasn't. I was being tongue in cheek, and I have been on the other end no. of that. And, and Job is the perfect example of that, you know. And it's so interesting how Job's friends were great friends when they kept their mouth shut, but as soon as they started <laughs> opening yeah. their mouths, they started yeah. trying to make the principles of God 
promises of God, mm-hmm. and you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You, you, you can't do that. Those principles are there for a prescription as to how God has designed things to be, but it doesn't mean it's always going to play out that way. Mm-hmm. Train a child in the way that he should go, and he will not depart from it. That's not a guarantee or a promise. It, it's a principle, yep. you know, and that, that doesn't mean that all four of my boys are going to follow Jesus. I want them to. I want them to continually to, to grow and, and to be trusting and to complete the work of Christ all the days of their life. Mm-hmm. But even though I have really been diligent in my teaching, which I has because I have, because that's my call, you know, to, to be the spiritual leader of my house, that doesn't guarantee they will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but what it's stating is that is the best way for you to raise your family. Absolutely. And for each one of us to it's do. It's a prescription. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but this idea, well, Job's the perfect example. It seems uh, on the outside looking in that arbitrarily, almost capriciously, Job is singled out for suffering. There is no sin in his life that brings upon it. Now, we stop. Is it true that sometimes we suffer because of sin in our lives? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and the answer to that is Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I tell my kids this: the the momentum of our choices, what you know, especially if they're sinful, aren't going to stop just because we love Jesus. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we dig our own hole and we try to blame someone else for it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, but and so it doesn't logically follow then that all suffering mm-hmm. is because of our choices. Yep, that's the a logical fallacy. Yeah, it that. is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wish I knew which one it was. Yeah, We'd sound right. really smart yeah, if we could get chart. it, but. Mm-hmm. You know, I, as a pastor uh, for a while now, I have watched so many people tormented. I, I personally had a friend uh, who died, ended up dying of cancer. And my major ministry mm-hmm. to him was quelling those doubts and fears, the, answering the question, what did I do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's not the judgment of God. It's a result of sin in the world. Yep. Yeah, why right. do I have this? Yep. Well, it, it, in and, a sense. And, and you know, the one, it, it is a result of sin in the world. It's a broken creation. Cancer exists because of sin, not yeah. necessarily his sin, but because of sin generically. But it's also this, this thing that's like, okay, now I'll moralize it. You know, what lesson does God want me to learn mm-hmm. here? Is he trying to teach me to trust him more? All of these things. That's unhelpful. Yeah. It's unhelpful, and it comes from an addiction that Job's friends had. Is we feel we need to say something, we feel we need to give a mm-hmm, prescription, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some help through this. And, and what you need is just to be there and mourn with your friend, mm-hmm. to to suffer alongside of them. When the church, when someone mourns, we mourn with them. When someone rejoices, we rejoice with mm-hmm. them. And, and so my principle in ministry has always been. Uh, we don't look for God's purpose in suffering because God's purpose is his and it's hidden. Mm-hmm. We might never know it unless he explicitly tells us, but we look for God's presence in suffering. There you go. Yeah. And so here yeah. we have first article of stuff. We know at his nature that God is good and mm-hmm. gracious. Yep. And so that in our suffering, we know he wants to be good and gracious to us. And we also know that God himself has stepped in into human creation mm-hmm. has put on human flesh in all its weaknesses and has suffered alongside it. So what we know now is that God's compassion isn't empty. He knows what mm-hmm. you're going through. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really the premise of James as he wrote chapter one, as he's carried along by the Holy spirit to differentiate what comes from God and what doesn't come from God? Mm-hmm. You know, what is it to be tempted? What is it to be tested? And I think it's important to yep. make that differentiation. Yep. 
Yeah, there, there's a difference. God doesn't tempt with the purpose of wanting to cause us to sin. Mm-hmm. God tests so that he can teach us to trust in him more. But even then, that's not your default paradigm for suffering. Mm-hmm. That's a theological distinction that he's made that applies some of the time. Yep. You know, I, I've been, it's taking me forever, but I'm slowly reading a book about how <laughs> Luther counseled people. Yep. And that's that's one of the topics that's near and dear to my heart. But um, it's interesting to see how this author is, he's reading Luther's works and Luther wrote a lot of letters to people that were suffering. Yep. And he just showed how he pushed them to, towards the face of God and toward the community of fellowship of other believers um, in their suffering. And he pointed specifically to the goodness of God in, in the face of suffering. And that really helped people. Uh, and the way that Luther wrote those letters was very comforting and consoling to the people that were facing various trials I think another way to do that is just the, the gospel, uh, the forgiveness and freedom we have in Christ Jesus. Uh, I had a friend recently, his daughter um, is going through postpartum depression, mm-hmm. and that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, as he was like, I just, I don't know what to do. And I go, you know, she's probably feeling guilty because she actually has this and she's not able to engage yeah. in her children. I said, give her the gospel. I said, give her First mm-hmm. John chapter one. Yep. And just honestly, as a minister, uh, as her dad, mm-hmm. I said, I think it's really powerful as you pronounce yep. the forgiveness of sins as she is trusting in the completed work of Christ. And that was so healing mm-hmm. for her. And she just really thanked him for that. And so the gospel can be that wonderful yep. healing salve or balm yeah, in the midst of pain and suffering. Ga- balm of Gilead. Uh, yeah. uh, what I do in, in my own ministry at Faith is whenever anyone enters into pastoral counseling with me for any reason whatsoever. I do this in premarital counseling. I do it in one-on-one mentoring or discipleship. Uh, I do it when someone's struggling and going through a problem or whatever the case might be. But if they want to meet with me one time, I require them to go through private confession and absolution. The first time I require it. I say, even if you just use the generic words of, and in, in there's a, CPH has produced in a lot of their resources in order for private confession absolution that I use. And for those who don't know what CPH is, it's Concordia Publishing yeah. House. Uh, but that's the publishing arm of the Missouri Synod, Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. And I make them go through that because more often than not, I found that a major factor or at least a factor in what they're going through is a need to hear the gospel, is a lack of mm-hmm. assurance of salvation. So how would you respond to someone said, well, that's kind of a Catholic approach to that. So how would you respond to that as a Lutheran? <laughs> well, first of all, uh, our existence as Lutherans or as Protestants in general is not to be not Catholic. And so whatever the Catholic Church had that was helpful, we retain that. Uh, second thing is we don't do confession in the same way that the Roman Catholics do. First yeah. of all, we don't make confession mandatory, even though I make it mandatory one time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it's it's compulsory for every member of the Catholic Church to go at least once a year. And when you go, it is compulsory for you to list all your sins. Uh, for private confession absolution, it's for the purpose of listing whatever's troubling you, whatever's binding your conscience or plaguing your conscience. And so uh, if it's a particular sin, you confess that. If it's just a need to hear the gospel, there's a generic confession of sins and you let it sit at that, all that. And it ends as, uh, I, I, I can't even remember what the, the closing line of the confession is. Um, but what I found is that in requiring 
that one time. No one who's met with me a second time has ever refused it ever again. Mm. It becomes a continuing part of my ministry to them. It's because we need to hear the gospel Mm -hmm. in a way where we cannot disqualify ourselves. And Mm. so this gets back to the issue of suffering. I think you said it well. A lot of times people who are depressed, part of their depression is a guilt over that depression. What's wrong with me? Yeah. Well, Well, you know, they start blaming themselves. And, and the the words of the gospel mm-hmm. are liberating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, we, we bounce back to what about suffering? If God mm-hmm. is the giver of good gifts, why do we suffer? Why do we, you know, we worry about making it from paycheck to paycheck? Why do we you know, lose our jobs? Why mm-hmm. do we have strife in our families? Well, th- the answer is that God is good and he will walk with you mm-hmm. through that. Mm-hmm. And, and and so we, we look at all of this and we say, God is not the source of suffering, but he is your comfort in suffering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, you, you think you see that in the verse there, uh, it, the last part says, that with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Yeah. God's and, not capricious. Yeah, God, He's not going to change his mind. Nope. He's not going to say, ah, that gospel promise, yeah. not for you. Right. But what this means for the church is we need to do much, much better job mm-hmm. of having compassion on those who suffer. Yeah. Amen. Uh, right. One yep. of my sounding boards is we really need to do a better job at, at being the church for people with mental illness, mm-hmm. helping those who are depressed uh, and who have other mental illness and, and not, you know, saying, well, you just need to get over it, you know, mm-hmm. trying to make them happy, but having a real compassion, something mm-hmm. there is broken and yep. it's causing suffering and, and we apply the gospel, but we mm-hmm. also mourn. We also support them. We, we, mm-hmm. we, we minister to them and serve them as we would with anyone mm-hmm. who is suffering and having a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Bearing one another's burdens again, just is, it's a sticky thing and it gets messy because it, it intrudes upon our own schedule. It intrudes upon mm-hmm. our own way of life. And yep. and we have to allow those intrusions or we're not really loving our neighbor as ourself. And mm-hmm. we're not walking in that selfless love of Christ yep. as Paul talked about in Philippians chapter two. Yep. Yeah, and and then to, to say to people, it's okay if you cry out to God in emotions. If you don't know what's going on, yep. the, the, the command is pray. That's what the, all of the Psalms are about. Psalm 13 is always one that comes to mind. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long mm-hmm. will you hide your face from me? Cry out to God. Yep. But as David wrote that Psalm or, or as the other psalmists have written, it's in the midst of that crying out to God, of pouring mm-hmm. your emotions on him that you are reminded that God is good in suffering. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, the confession of David in Psalm 13, as it resolved for him, was, I will call upon the Lord for he has been good to me. Hmm. You know, that's amazing that in our suffering, God is good. Yeah. yeah. First article stuff. Yep. I think in the beauty is we don't have a God who viewed our suffering from a distance. We have a God who, mm-hmm. in a way, entered into our mess and suffered with us and for us as one of us in order to redeem us. And mm-hmm. that's the truth we have. And was tempted mm-hmm. in every way that we were yet without yeah, sin. Without well, sin. that reminds that's me right. of a scripture. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Share that with us. Hebrews chapter 4, beginning in verse 14. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect, Mm -hmm. has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen. Amen. 
Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, check us out on iTunes. Please join us next week as Pastor Brett, Pastor Jason, and myself continue our discussion on the Apostles' Creed with looking at the second article of the Apostles' Creed. God bless you and have a great week.